one of my highest giftings, you know, if you take a spiritual gift test, one of my highest gifting is, is mercy. And so this is hard for me as a mercy guy to preach. You'd think it'd be, you know, administration, but it's not. <laughs> Don't be shocked. But this, this message, we're talking about authority, rebellion, and God's divine discipline tonight. And this is a hard one. Sometimes it's tough for us to talk about these things, but it's necessary for us to look at this and for us to, to really understand understand authority and understand, you know, what it is to be in rebellion and then understand God's divine discipline. And that's what we're going to be talking tonight. So I hope you guys bear with me. Um, know that I'm coming at this with a, a heart that, of love, that I love you. I'm not, you know, coming at any one person in this place because I know I'm, I'm in a room of faithful leaders. Um, God is moving in you guys' lives, and you guys are here week after week because you want to invest in yourselves because you love the Lord and you want to become more. So thank you guys for you guys because I see your guys' hearts too. Every single one of you in here has a beautiful heart, and God loves you. But we gotta, we're going to take a look at this topic. We're going to dive into it, and, um, and God's, God's going to speak to us. I believe we can learn something tonight. Okay, so, so like I said, today we're talking about the severity of God, his divine dis- discipline and rebellion. You know, because in this world there are two principles at work. There's two principles at work. One is God's authority, and the other one is satanic rebellion. Okay, divine discipline what is that? What is divine discipline? Divine discipline is when God lifts his hand of protection off of somebody because of an unrepentant heart. Okay? That's God's divine discipline. You know, like loving parents. God is a loving parent, and like all loving parents, he disciplines those he loves. And God will always correct you before we get to this divine discipline that we're going to be talking about. God will send somebody. If, if um, I'm just going to pick on Tyler because I love Tyler. So if I come to Tyler and I say, Tyler, I've noticed, you know, I've seen what you're doing. Maybe I might bring Dylan along with me. And, and me and Dylan might come and say, Tyler, man, you know, we notice you have this sin in your life that you're struggling. And, you know, God, God's spoken to us. And, and we want you to, to repent and, and turn and, and to walk away from that sin. Now, Tyler, he can, he can accept that. Or Tyler can say, skip you. I, you know, I'm not going to repent. You know, you're just you know, you're just judging me, you're, you're mean, and you're whatever. And he could, he could not accept that rebuke, that correction. And what happens when you, when you don't do that and you have that unrepentant heart, when you're, you're not, you know, you, brothers come to you, God will always do that. God is merciful. God loves you. God will always come to and correct you. But when you reject that correction, then we're falling into God's divine discipline. And that's when God lifts his hand of protection off of you and allows Satan to reap havoc in your life. You know, that's divine discipline. And it's easy for us to talk about God's goodness. Everybody likes to talk about God's goodness. But I believe that in this nation, we have forgotten about God's divine discipline and forgotten about the severity of God. Because God is a just God. God is a righteous God. And he has righteous anger towards sin. And sometimes I believe that we've looked so much and forgotten so much of God's severity and God's, you know, righteous divine discipline that look at where our nation's at now. Look at where we are as a church. I want you guys to, to look with me in your Bibles at, at Romans 11.22. You know, Romans 11.22. I'm going to give you a second because I don't want you guys to miss this. You know, so you know it's, this is God's word, not just Pete Benson speaking to you today. Romans 11.22, it says, Notice, notice how God is both kind and severe. Okay, both kind and severe. 
He's severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. And that's that divine discipline. That's when God lifts his hands. That's when God lets go and, and allows Satan, in, you know, to be overtaken by Satan. And he's going to reap havoc in your life. You know, we, we need to talk about this as master level leaders. We need to understand authority. We need to understand what it's like to be in rebellion so we can be set free, so we can walk in freedom. You know, all unrepentant people fall under this divine discipline when they reject God's correction. You know, we, we need to steer clear of this. You know, in 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, and uh, we're, I'm going to be going quickly tonight. 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, um, we're going to, I want you to take a look at that. There was a man deep in his sin, okay? There was a man who was sleeping with his, his stepmother, okay? And the church, you know, Paul was there, and the church was kind of like, you know, we need to love him, and we need to do this. And Paul says, no. Paul had something different to say. You know, and this, like I said, this is hard for me, but this is what Paul says. He says, then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed. And he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Okay, so, you know, they may have came and they may have corrected this guy. You know, Paul, he's not with him. He's heard of him. And, and they, you know, corrected this guy. And, and he's choosing to stay living in sin. And so what does Paul say? He says, you know, you need to, you need to cast him out. He needs to be cut off. And, and, and turned out into the world, and Satan's going to wreak havoc in his life. This is the Bible. I'm not making this up. But there's a purpose towards this. There's a reason why. Why? It tells you at the end. It says, so he will be saved. You know, that his sinful nature will be destroyed, and he will be saved when, you know, when the Lord returns. You know, it, it's purposeful. It has a meaning. It's not to be cruel. It's not to punish. It's, it's so that he can be saved. It's so he can see the error of his ways. So he can get to a point where he wants to kill that sinful nature and accept God's correction in his life and repent and turn from his sins. You know, another example of God's severity. We can see that God's severity in that situation. You know, he says, turn him over to Satan and let him attack him until he repents so the soul will be saved. And, and there's another example I want to look at. And, and of God's divine discipline. And it's, first, it's in 1 Timothy 18 through 20. Paul, he's writing to his, his disciple Timothy. He's been training him up. And he says this. He says, Timothy, my son, you can just sense the compassion. He says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Okay, but catch this. He says, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear for some people have deliberately violated their consciences so people are deliberately doing what they know in their heart to be wrong okay he says watch out for that you know watch out you know and as a result of of doing that as a result of of violating what you know in your right, in your heart to be right it says as a result their faith has been shipwrecked and then he 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 calls a couple guys out he says Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. He says, I threw them out and handed them over to Satan. He says it again. Why? So that they might learn not to blaspheme God. These men were speaking bad against Satan, or speaking badly against Paul. They were speaking badly against God. And he threw them out and let them, let them, you know, let Satan attack them. Okay? That's what happens. Those who don't listen to God's word, 
don't follow the word of the Lord or the apostle, God's appointed people, they fall under this, this divine discipline. Okay? In 2 Thessalonians, it talks about the coming destruction or deception. Okay? 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 7. You know, it says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and the lawless one will be revealed. It's talking about the Antichrist coming in the mystery of lawlessness. Okay? And what is the mystery of lawlessness? Okay? It's saying, it's, it's the mystery. It's hidden. It's hidden. He's talking about hidden rebellion. He says this principle of hidden rebellion is already at work, and the Antichrist will be coming in this hidden rebellion. Because anytime somebody's in rebellion, they have hidden sins in their life, and there's something secret. They're having, like, maybe they're, they're not underneath the authority of the pastor, and they're in rebellion. Okay, they may be having secret prayer meetings or secret, you know, they're, they're talking bad about him behind his back saying, you know, Pastor Pete, he's no good. I could do this way better. And they start, you know, gathering people around them in these secret meetings, and, and, and it's secretive. And, and, and you know because it uses the word hidden or mystery, you know, that this rebellion is satanic because the occult, the very word, the, the word occult means secret, okay? Because the, the devil works in secrets. You know, you can tell that it's satanic. This rebellion, we need to watch out for rebellion in, in our lives, and it and, you know, rebellious people because they're going to try to, like, gather people with them. You know, s- rebellion is always deceptive, and it, it has its roots in deception and secret. It is hidden. You know, and there's no f- true faith until we understand authority. And I love to, I've talked to the kids, um, well, not kids, I've talked to the students about, you know, understanding authority. Like when we had this this election and and um, I'm on Facebook and I I look at Facebook and I I said hey you know I was kind of disgusted at you know how you know as soon as President Obama was elected he became you know authority over this country did he it, he is he's our authority or, you know and then you know I I hate to see Christians bad mouthing authorities you know because it does nothing good for the church you know he is our authority and so I I told him I said we don't want to bad mouth them. Bad mouth, you know, God, those who put God in authority. You don't have to agree with him. You don't have to accept, you know, his philosophies. But you don't want to bad mouth him. I can guarantee you that. You, you know, look at David and, and King Saul. He, King Saul was out of his mind hunting David down. You know, he could have killed him several times, but he didn't. He says, I will not touch God's anointed. Okay? We do not want to touch God's anointed. That's a very important principle in our lives. And if we're going to understand authority, understand rebellion, we need to take hold of this. We need to understand. We need to watch what we say with our tongues. Like Hymenaeus and uh, that other dude, okay, like those guys, they were, they were committing, you know, blasphemous things with their tongue. We got to tame our tongue because, you know, one of the most dangerous weapons in this world is between your teeth. Power, life, and death are in the tongue. We need to tame that tongue and watch what we do with it. You know, it has a power to tear down. We got to be careful. And we don't want to attack God's anointed like parents, guys. Parents, there are authorities. We don't want to speak harshly and, and be in rebellion towards our parents. Police officers, I will never let my children use the word cop. I use the word police officer, officer, police. Never will I let Peter say the cops are you know, there's a cop down the road. It's, it's disrespectful. And this is close to me. I read a book 
one time, and I hope if you guys want to write this down, I, I read a book by John Brevere called Undercover. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it, but it changed the way I look at people in authority forever. I could never go back to, to how I used to think. I read it about two years ago. I really encourage you guys to pick up a copy of that and read it. You will thank me later. It's fantastic. We need to understand authority. We need to understand what it's like to be in rebellion. You know, Satan is always at work trying to deceive Christians into, into bashing God's anointed to hinder their work, right? He, you know, if Satan can't kill you, he'll try to neutralize you by getting you to hinder God's anointed, you know, by speaking badly. You may have, you know, you may love the Lord, but if you're, if you're speaking badly against people God has placed over you in authority, you have just neutralized everything you're trying to do. You have ruined your witness, your credibility amongst people because of, of your tongue and, you, and your disrespect towards authority. You agree with me or not, it's the truth. It's in the Bible. You know, like I said, there are two forces in this world, God's authority and then it's the satanic rebellion. And I want to kind of compare and contrast these here. They're, they're at the top of your notes. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. It says God's authority is delegated. It's delegated as God chooses Biblical calls are divine. They come from God, right? Satanic rebellion is enlisted by rebellion. By, like Satan did with his angels, he, he deceived them. He, he says, come, let's gather this rebellion against God. That's how it is. Satanic rebellion is re- enlisted in rebellion. God's authority produces good fruit. Satanic rebellion produces no fruit or bad fruit. Remember, we talked about you produce what you are. God's authority is has order and organization. Satanic rebellion, there is disorder and confusion. God's authority, there is obedience to his will. Satanic rebellion, there is obedience to some other will other than God. God's authority is sent is sent both by God and the church. Satanic rebellion is went. I don't need anybody to tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm going to go and do this. You know, it's just me and God. I don't need nobody. Okay, that's, that's not under authority. And we're going to take a look at that. Um, in Acts 13, if you have your Bible, you want to turn it into your Bibles to Acts 13. It talks about, you know, the sent versus went philosophy here. Paul was, was in the church at Antioch. This was in his early ministry. Okay. And while they were worshiping there, this is verse 1. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit set up spoke and said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them now that's funny because Paul knew he was called didn't he (laughs) he was knocked off a horse you know he knew he knew there was a call on his life but what we're seeing happen here is God revealing it now to the church but there was there's that time between the the anointing God when he called him and the time when they were sent out by the church so catch this in verse 3 says, so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So the church is now sending off Paul and Barnabas to go preach the gospel on, on Paul's first missionary mission, his first missionary trip. They're sending him out. And true, authentic ministry is always sent. Everybody who, who says, I don't need nobody, I know what I'm doing, and they go on their own authority are have their roots in rebellion. I'm sorry, it's true. 
So we need to be careful of that. We want to be sent out. Before I came here to, to the Gateway Church, I was sent by my church. You know, they called me up front. The pastor laid his hands on me. The congregation stretched their hands out, and they, they prayed for me and sent me off to come here. And, and you guys received me, and I loved, you know, and I'm so thankful that, that I obeyed God because I love you guys. But I was sent here. I wouldn't have just came on my own accord. They sent me off. True, authentic ministry is always sent. So we want to be sent, you know. And sometimes there may be a call in our life, and we may want to bust out early before, you know, we've been sent off because we know, hey, we're called. We're called, so I'm just going to go. But we need to wait, you know, because Paul and Barnabas did. He knew that there was a call in his life, but he waited until the church, you know, a fasting and praying church, noticed the call on your life and sent you out. We need to wait for that sending. We can't just get up and go. You know, you can't get up and say, I'm an apostle. Check me out. You know, God appoints it. It's divine. Remember we said that. You know, so they noticed that. You know, we need to realize that, that in both, you know, sent and went ministries, they can have some similarities, right? They can, they can you know, there, there might be sacrifice. There may be hard work. They may bear the cross, but how many know that God is more interested in obedience than sacrifice? You know, how many of you heard that before? I hope all of you. God is more interested in obedience than sacrifice. You know, I can fast and pray all day, but if I am not walking in obedience to God, what good am I doing? I'm on the wrong path. I'm ineffective. Something's not right. God wants your obedience. And that's what we're talking about even today. You know, God disciplines those he loves, and those who reject his discipline fall under divine discipline where God lifts his hands. Okay? So, so I want you guys to notice something else here. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, and we're going to go back. Something else happened. Okay, so after they were sent, Paul and Barnabas are sent, and they're on their missionary journey. Something interesting happens. Okay? They're, they're with a government official. Okay, they're with a government official, and, and go to verse 8, and um, this man, so they're, they're witnessing to, this, to the government official, and then this man comes up called Elamus the Sorcerer, and he starts opposing Paul's ministry. He starts trying to turn this guy from, from the faith and, and you know, con- confuse this, you know, what they were doing. And so verse 8, it says, But Elamaeus the sorcerer, for that was, is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. That's the man they were talking about. He was a, a, a Roman government official. They tried to, this man came up and tried to turn, turn him from the faith, stop what Saul and, and Barnabas were trying to do. But watch what happens. Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamaeus and said this, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right way of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is upon you. You're going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. And immediately a mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking for someone to lead him by the hand. That is a picture of God, God's righteous, his severe discipline on somebody. That somebody had to be taken out of the way so, so they did not get in the way of the work of God. Okay? If you're in the way of what God's trying to do, you will be moved. You guys following me? You know, that is, 
the severity of, of God and his divine discipline being carried out so, so God's will could be accomplished. You know, we as Christians, we have to watch out for this. We have to not speak badly about God's anointed. We may, you know, because all men are flawed. I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. Every, you know, we're men. We're not God. And, and we need to say, you know, yes, they have quirks. Yes, they may have faults. They, they definitely do. But we don't want to attack them because they're, why? Because they're God's anointed. And we've got to be careful. We don't want to fall into that because you can neutralize everything you're trying to do and bring judgment on yourself, and God will, will move you. You know, it's right here. You know, and I, I've heard somebody in, in our church, um, I don't believe they're in this room, speak badly of Joel Osteen. And I'm not promoting his ministry. I think he's a good guy, and I know he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, you may not agree with everything he says, but I tell you what, he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and I've heard somebody just rake him up and down. And I thought to myself, I really did, I thought to myself, how dare you touch God's anointed? And you need to be careful because you're walking on a very dangerous, slippery slope. You have to be so careful that we don't do that. We've got we to gotta watch our tongues and be be purposeful about what we do because divine rebel divine discipline is for those who rebel against god's authority let me say that again divine discipline is for those who rebel against god's authority why so god's will can be accomplished god does it so his will can be accomplished in verse 12 it says this when the proconsul saw what happened he believed for he was amazed at the teaching of the lord okay that man, the sorcerer, he was removed and taken out of the situation so that man's soul could be saved. So God's will could be done in his life. You know, look at Miriam and Moses. Miriam was Moses' sister. And she says, you know, who are you to, to say you're, you're speaking for the Lord and anybody can talk to the Lord? And, and what happened to her? She noticed she had a little spot in her arm. And then it began to spread and she became leprous. And then what happened? She saw what she was doing and repented and was healed because, you know, God is kind. God is a loving God. You know, she repented and was healed. But, but get this, you know, Abraham, the father of her face, passed out drunk in his tent naked. Isn't that awesome? He was passed out drunk in his tent, and one of his sons went in there and saw him laying there naked and said, ah, dad's naked in the tent. Look at him. Ah. And he went out and he told everybody that he was naked. And what happened? And two of his other sons said, we need to do something about this. And instead of exposing Moses' nakedness or um, Abraham's nakedness, they walked in backwards like this and put a, a cloth over him. That was Noah. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. It was Noah, for the record. Okay, so Noah passed out drunk in the tent. And so the two sons put the cloth over him. And they, you know, they lived a blessed life. And the other, the other son fell into bondage, you know, because they, he was in rebellion. They spoke badly of their parents. Kids don't speak badly of your parents even when they're at fault. You know, that is terrible. You do not want to do that. You know, you can differ with, with somebody and have different beliefs, but you, you don't have to attack them or condemn them with your mouth. Okay? Because we live in an imperfect world, there's all sorts of imperfection, but God wants unity in our faith. God wants unity in the church, and we need to do that. You know, Matthew 12, 25, a house divided cannot stand. Okay? We need to come under God's authority, recognize rebellion for rebellion, and, and walk under God's divine authority. Okay? 
So whether you agree with me or not, that's today's message. Um, I love you guys. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer, and, and uh, we'll go before God. God, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the chance just to repent of rebellion in our own hearts, God. And we ask you that you help lead us in, the, in your ways, God. I pray that when a brother comes to us and, and corrects us, Lord, that, that if it be from you, Lord, we accept that correction, God, and repent and turn from our ways so that we might walk in wholeness, walk freely in your word, God. We thank you for teaching us and instructing us, God. I thank you for all these master-level leaders in here, Lord, who seek to do your will. I pray that you strengthen them and you encourage them in all that they do. In Jesus' name. Amen.